Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're very welcome to The Late Lunch on this. What afternoon are we today? We're um, Wednesday, isn't it? Midweek. Yes, midweek Wednesday afternoon. What am I talking about? Yes, the middle of the week, Louise. I'm, I'm, do you know why I'm confused? Do you know why I'm a little confused? The extra day. I was going to say, because your age. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's part of it. I, I will admit. I will admit. But, you know, today is the final day of... February. It's, mm-hmm. I wanted to say that word again for a while. I will one more day, but we have the extra day, the leap year day tomorrow, which comes once in every four years. You were saying it's a good job it's not added on to January. Yeah, I wonder why it was February, because it's the shortest month maybe, but yeah, or probably. is there something more scientific to it? Uh, we'll have to get a knowledgeist mm. on tomorrow to find out about that. I think there is something definitely more scientific about it. And you're probably right. They added on to February because it's the shortest month of the year. But we have... If they was added on to January, they'd be <laughs> revolt. <laughs> It'll be another day awaiting in the longest month of the year for sure. But uh, there is a reason for it. But it is tomorrow. Uh, it comes once uh, every four years. Um, you know, when you think of the 29th, we always wonder... Were the children born on the 29th? Mm. You know, did people get married on the 29th? Is there anything significant happened to anybody on the 29th? Which, if you, you know, um, celebrate, will only come about once every four years. Mm. What do you do if you're born on the 29th? Do you have your birthday today, do you think? Or do you have it on the 1st of March? I'd say this month, because it's February. They'll keep it in February. People who have a 29th birthday would celebrate it today, you're saying? I'd say so, yeah. Would you not think... Because they're born in February, so keep it in February. Would you not think they'd go into March on the 1st of March? Uh, Maybe when they get older. (laughs) (laughs) To try and stay younger a little bit longer. Um, That's interesting, isn't it? To see what day somebody Mm. born on the 29th would celebrate their birthday on. If you're listening to us today and you were born on the 29th, or you know someone who was, or someone who got married, and maybe there's a wedding planned for tomorrow, I would say there's a lot of, what, Thursday? At this time of the year, probably wouldn't be many weddings. Anyway, you know what we're talking about. Mm. Tomorrow is the 29th. If you have anything significant about the 29th, know any connection to it, Mm. let us know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. That's 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Give us a shout here at the station. Yeah, you were going to say? I was just just wondering... Are you the same star sign if you celebrate it on the 1st of March or the 28th? Is it still the same star sign or is there a cut-off point for... I know Pisces is the 2nd of March, so is it Aquarius? No, it's all Pisces, isn't it? It's all Pisces. All Pisces. It's all Pisces. That's all right. That's okay. We've sorted that one out. Mm. It doesn't matter whether it's a leap year or not. You're a Pisces baby if you're born, yes, on the the 29th of the year. Anyway, uh, besides the 29th tomorrow... um, 
we've been talking, you and I, for a while now about the state of the roads. And yeah. you've experienced it for yourself. So have I, mm. that the deterioration, especially in our neck of the woods, folks, I have to tell you, whether if, if you're not from uh, the east uh, of uh, the LMFM listenership area, there's been a huge job going on bringing water to Termenfecken Village from mm. the town of Drogheda. There's always been a water issue in Termenfecken. There has. That's why they wrote the song Terrible Termenfecken, because there was no water. No, oh. no, I'm, I'm only... <laughs> <laughs> did you believe me? Yeah, did you? <laughs> I got you Never there. heard the song, you say. I have no idea terrible, what it's terrible about. Second. Did mm. you never hear that song? No. no. Uh, we must try and get a copy of it somewhere. No, we won't play it on this show for sure. But anyway, um, the, the water, you know, the work has been mm. ongoing for quite some time and they're doing it in, in steps. There's traffic lights in the road. And in fairness, it's a job that has to be done. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, the road is reinstated each section as they go along, but it is only temporary, temporary reinstation, mm. uh, reinstated, you know, so that's all that happens. So what happens is then with it, you have to give allowance as well. It's been an awful wet winter uh, and the weather's been against it as well. But bit by bit, that temporary reinstated aspect starts to be whipped out and you develop craters. Mm-hmm. Craters, as simple as that. And I've heard of people coming in and out from Termenfecken who travel in from Clarehead, that area, Termenfecken into Drawdown and back again. At night time, it's supposed to be a dread. You know, when it gets dark in the daytime, perhaps you can see and watch and take it easy. But you could hit these uh, holes and mm-hmm. not go- just the holes. Some of them have been reinstated, but they've just like landed lumps of tarmac on them. So there's a big mm-hmm. mound in the middle of the road. They're right. like unofficial. Speed ramps. So the drumlins, like the drumlins in Malin. So there's peaks and troughs on the road, the whole lot. Mm. You have a combination of everything. Anyway, it is an issue on that road, but it's not just that road. Nope. It's uh, beyond. I see a story on LMFM News today uh, in North Louth, where there seems to be a €600,000 shortfall for repairs to roads badly damaged during the flooding there at the end of October. So, mm. you know, and, and there's issues in Meath as well. We're, we're gonna and talk- that Turban Fecken Road is out flooded, flooded as yeah, well a lot. Yeah, that, that issue is there. So we're potholing on late lunch today, mm-hmm. poor roads. If you have a big pothole in your area, if you've hit one, let us know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Let's talk to somebody who's experienced uh, damage uh, to a vehicle because of the state of the roads. Peter McCardle is on the line. Afternoon, Peter. Afternoon, Jerry. How are you keeping? I'm keeping well. Thanks for joining me on the show. Uh, tell us your story. Uh, Sandpit, which which is again in the in the area of Termenfecken, yeah. 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 Um. Well, it's not exactly me. It was my father the other day. Now he. Um, okay. He was driving down the road heading towards Sandpit School, and as you come round the bend by Woodbrook, there's two big craters on the left hand side, and um, and if you're meeting traffic, you can't seem to avoid them. So he obviously went into one, and he damaged the alley on the car and damaged the tyre. Um, the potholes are there as well and the council have been notified multiple times I believe and I myself now I have I put a post up and we have a um, a community group called Welltown Second I put a post up and just to make others aware of, of the situation like so no one else gets damaged or mm. they can possibly they can be on the outlook on the lookout for the, for the pothole um, but the, the, the councillors don't seem to seem to care I don't think because there was a similar issue up there at Drummond's for a long time the road is flooding and the uh, water was eating away the, the side of the road in, in along the bank, along the ditch. Mm. It was in a bad state for a long time before Christmas. And then, I think it was around October last year, or Christmas last year, the road at Morgan's Pub there, New Town Salaman, and it was, it was full of craters as well. Mm. And uh, the, council, the council don't seem to don't seem to care and don't really want to know, I don't think. They're all on for traffic calming measures, but sure, there'll be no traffic if there's no roads to drive on. 
No. And and I'm familiar with that flood at Drummond's, I have to say. I passed yeah. that a number of, on a number of occasions myself. It's quite dangerous. You'd have to really slow to allow for cars coming around that bend either side. But as you said, then the subsequent damage to, to the road. Which Back to your dad again. Uh, your dad is Peter too, isn't he? Uh, he oh, Jim. Jim, Jim. Sorry, Jim. I beg your pardon. Yeah. You're Peter. Jim is the dad. Jim, uh, Jim's issue. What happened? Did you get in touch with the council? Can you claim for, uh, I presume, uh, well, a new wheel and alloy? We haven't done anything yet now. The alloy, the alloy is just all out of shape. It'll have to be reshaped or a new alloy bought. But we haven't gotten in contact with the council yet. To be honest, I think it's a waste of time because I got damaged at Drummond's before with my car, my own car, and I was told to ring uh, ITB Insurance, as I think it's the Irish Public Board, um, to try and get a claim for my own tyre. And they basically said it was nothing to concern them because the road was fixed in the meantime. So possibly we might be able to, my father might be able to claim Mm. in the next couple of weeks but uh, they're, they're unreal creators like you wouldn't see anything like them on the moon it's a joke at this stage and the council the council don't care like Terran Fekin's a, a predominantly an agricultural based area if it was tractors bringing them up on the road the council wouldn't be long coming out and giving out mm. but they don't want to come out and solve their own problems do you think it's a combination of factors? You know, uh, the, the winter's been awful and all the rain we've had as well has been shocking. There's roadworks going on here and there. Uh, you yeah. mentioned, you know, heavy machinery at times, of course, are hard on the on the weak country roads. There's a, a number of factors play, at play here, would you say? Uh, there's plenty of factors, yeah. It was a hard winter, all right, but, like, there's plenty of money there and plenty... They have, they're not after investing some new fancy JCB that goes around fixing potholes. What's it doing? Is it sitting up all all the time? Surely there's someone that can drive it and and fix the potholes. Like, hmm. um, there was a big, big PR stunt about this JCB a couple months ago or a year ago, and where where is it now? Like. Hmm. Is it parked up in the yard somewhere? Are they all gone for tea? Uh, well, the only thing I'd say, I suppose that if there's one machine and uh, the whole county to cover, in, in fairness to them, maybe they, they're, they're, it is being used, but just it doesn't stretch uh, this far or whatever. But no. um, at the end of the day, your, your, your dad's out a few hundred euro here at least, is probably he? With... Will. Yeah, he probably will be, yeah. Yeah, a tyre and alley and the tracking will probably have to be done in the car then as well. Mm. So, But uh, yeah, no, it's just the Stamford Road is, is getting bad and no matter what road you drive on in the parish there's, there's plenty of potholes yeah. there's plenty of speed ramps as well there's plenty of money for speed ramps but there's nothing for, for potholes there certainly is plenty of speed ramps I can vouch for that myself but you think in particular the the Termenfecken parish area is particularly uh, badly yeah, like hit you, yeah like you drive the Termenfecken road it's like driving down a washboard and there's that many traffic lights on it as well and sure if you're driving at night you don't know what bumps you're going to hit or potholes and yeah. it's dangerous and if someone tries to avoid them then you can cause an accident like mm. they're all on about road deaths and road safety like the roads aren't safe to be honest to be honest no, I, I, I experienced that myself around Cartown there. There's a novel. I could nearly pinpoint them. We should launch a yeah. campaign to go and get people out to pinpoint all these real uh, dangerous uh, hold roads or potholes because there's one in Cartown there and I was uh, telling our Louise, it was a week before last, I was coming along, and uh, to avoid it, you have to move out to the middle of the road and nearly onto the other side of the road. It's so dangerous. But that in yeah. itself is a huge danger because it's sort of on a bend and if something comes around fast the other way, well, there's going to be an accident there. It's yeah, simple. there's going to be a collision, yeah. You know. Yeah, and, no, it's, it's, it's not safe. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's something that really all councils need to get on to. What about, were you, um, somebody was telling us they were driving in the Meath area as well, uh, experiencing difficulties. Is that you? Do you drive? Uh, that was me. I, I work in Leaklip, so I drive the Corraha Rahout Road. 
uh, yeah. a couple of times a week and it's just as bad as the Tarn Fecking Road it's like a washboard also and there's constantly roadworks there they must be putting in water as well but the whole road needs to be resurfaced mm. and yeah it's, it's, it's beyond a joke as well and there's a lot of muck as well on the road too from from the lads digging and that they don't seem to be cleaning up after themselves so that could cause potential accidents also yeah. So it's just not common to the wee counties. The same in County Meath as well in yeah. aspects. Uh, I'd, say, I'd, say, I'd say it's common all around, yeah. all around the country, especially yeah. in rural areas. They seem mm. to be forgotten about. Now on, on the term in Feck in Drogheda, which is a busy, busy road, uh, the council are saying and the councillors are saying that when the works are complete, they're going to properly uh, and do a final reinstatement on the whole road all the way out. Uh, that's a little bit down the road. Sorry for the pun yeah. there, but it, it yeah. will be until the works are finished, I take it. I'd imagine so, yeah, for sure. I will believe that when we see it. They love making promises. So there's elections coming up soon, isn't there not? There is. You might get it done yeah. before June. That's a uh, good chance. Have to put be the pr- coming around making all our promises now <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. Our false promises. <laughs> and we must play that song and dedicate it to all prospective candidates in elections. I think there's a song called False Promises. False promises. Anyway, yeah. listen, Peter, uh, I wish you safe driving. I hope your dad gets um, sorted out. And tell him to yeah. pursue that claim. To pursue yeah, that claim. Indeed. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks Peter McCardell, not at all delighted to chat to you today that's Peter McArdle there his dad uh, Jim uh, the alloy the wheel the whole lot you heard there there's hundreds of, of, of uh, euro water damage on the car what about potholes bad roads in your area do you want to highlight it with us today say anything on late lunch we love to hear from you 086 1800 658 by whatsapp or text Louise there's a real tongue in cheek one there will I read it, will yeah. I read it? It's, it's a serious issue but Alyssa says oh lads <laughs> Our lads, don't be giving out about the potholes. They deserve to live too. All these junior potholes just want to grow up and be great big potholes. They want to be part of the community. Be nice to them, says a listener. <laughs> I think the part of the problem is some of the potholes are born big. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Some of them aren't juniors. No. <laughs> ever. We have to say, I love your message. Thank you. The Very little clever. Sumos. Yeah, uh, you know, there's another one there, Jerry. If you want to see potholes, go up across Fieldstown Hill and you'll see a road that the council have totally forgotten and abandoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the messages are flying in. Keep them coming to us here. Here they're popping in by the new time. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Have you hit a pothole? Have you been affected? Is there one in your area? Can you make the claim for the biggest pothole in the northeast? Let us know. I think that's a really, really good message from a listener today. It says, hi, Jerry and Louise. There is an NCT which requires you and I and everybody else to keep their cars up to standard. But is there any regulations to require roads to be kept up to a standard? Best wishes and respectfully from a regular listener. Isn't that a real good point? Mm. That's a powerful point. Thank you indeed for making it today. I don't know. And you probably fail on a lot of it like if you hit a pothole. Yes, there, there obviously isn't, I have to say, in, in response to that. There, there quite obviously isn't. Uh, that, that's the bottom line. We're getting loads of messages in from, from different areas uh, about the claim. Hi, Jerry. To say you can claim off the council if you submit a photo of the pothole and the receipt of uh, the accident. The council will send the claim off to their insurers and it'll take about a year, a year to receive payment. I don't know about that, because uh, if you remember, we talked to somebody last year. Yeah. Um, it, and I think there is a new app on the phone. Um, it's the Irish Public Body Insurance. Okay. And you can do it 
if you don't have the app, they'll send you out a form. And if you have the app, you can apply. You need photos, you need evidence of your car and you need your receipts of what you paid for the damage. And I think it's called non-feasance. I'm not sure about that. Anyway, basically it means if there was a pothole on the road and it was fixed by a council and the pothole reappeared. Yes. You will be reimbursed for the damage on your car, give or take uh, 15% for wear and tear. Because obviously it wasn't done properly. Mm. But, but if, if it was never fixed, well, the council could say, I'm sorry, we didn't know about it. So tough. OK, so it Something has like to be repaired. You're it, it had it, Yeah, there had to be. If it was repaired or in the recent past, mm. maybe not 15 years ago, but in the recent past. Uh, and I think and that's what, what what's that board again? Just mention that. What's that board? It's the Irish. Uh, where is it now? The Irish Public Body Insurance, the IPB. Yeah, Irish Public Body, IPBI. Uh, or IPB, is it? Whatever it is, anyway. Mm. Uh, um, and you claimed you claimed through them, is it? Yeah, you can, you can. Yeah, they they kind of work for all the councils. And and if that is the situation that I hit a pothole that has never been repaired, I have no basis for a claim. Is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, uh, that's my understanding. Now I could I could be. Okay. Corrected on it, but that's what my understanding was. Okay, yeah. and and if the whole pothole has been repaired and has been scooped out again and re-emerged, and you hit it, mm. you claim to that board. Yeah, and and you obviously you need a picture of the pothole, the area it's in, a picture of the damage to your mm-hmm. car, and receipts, and a receipts. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm. I think we talked to a chap this time last year. Well, it was around January last year, and at that time, um, he his pothole was in Meath, mm. and we found out that Meath County Council had paid out almost €60,000 in claims in the previous three years. Wow. Mm. So you can get money back, but it just depends on where the pothole is and if it was repaired. Okay. Well, look at you'll clarify that what you said there. That's mm-hmm. Louise. That's Louise's understanding, and she's been she worked on this previously here for the show. That's for sure. So you know, but we, we'll just make a hundred percent sure about that. But that's our understanding of it. The other thing is um, that Kevin's point there. It may take time. Yeah, but I didn't think it'd take that yeah, long. But yeah. it could. But look at if if it takes that long and you're getting something back, mm. at least you're getting something back. Liam's been on from Navin. Thank you, Liam. Liam says he knows he's from Navin, but he's travelled the Termin Feckin Road. And he said there's so many humps and bumps in that road. He bought milk in the supermarket <laughs> in Termin Feckin. And by the time he got home, it turned to butter. The, the humps and bumps on the road had churned the milk in the back of Liam's car. The Termin Feckin Road is that bad. Uh, Rosetown, Pawnstown. The roads are terrible, all caused by heavy farming machinery, says a listener. Where's that? Uh, uh, Rosetown, Pawnstown. It's in County Mead, I think it is. Oh. Um, the council are filling in the potholes every eight weeks. It's a disgrace, says the listener there. Machinery does contribute. There's no, no doubt about that. Uh, good afternoon, Jerry. When you pull onto the Newry Road from the Racecourse Road in Dundalk, there's a pothole there straight away uh, when you go to turn down the Doylesford Road. And there's another big one as well. The two potholes are a disaster. There you are. That's off the Racecourse Road mm-hmm. in Dundalk onto uh, uh, the Newry Road. And mm-hmm. again, a listener saying there, there are two potholes. Look, go my, on. Sorry, my concern would be with the bright evenings coming up, um, especially in rural areas where there are kids and they want to go and meet their friends and they get on a bike mm-hmm. and they're flying around the world and they hit one of those potholes. 
God, listen, over the handlebars, God knows yeah. what happens. Or out on the road and the car comes along. I hear what you're saying. Uh, the thing about it is, at night time is a real worry and a real mm-hmm. fear in the darkness. So wherever of the day, keeping an eye on them. And we've heard of people, we've got a message as well, that people are putting uh, cones into the potholes now. There yes. are people in areas putting the, the, the Public. big... The Getting big pointy themselves. cones, the big orange and white ones, into the potholes mm. that people can actually see them. You know, it's a big problem across the two counties. It certainly is. If you have anything to say... Why should people do have to do yeah, that? We pay should, our taxes. We pay our motor yeah, tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another one there. There is a huge pothole, so big, outside Navin in Bohormine, that when it fills with water, it gets a hatch of mayfly on <laughs> 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 There's an angler. Go on. There was always big potholes around. Oh, Bohemian. there you go. There you go. The Mayflower hatching the potholes in Bohemian. Thank you for your messages on potholes. They're coming in to us from all over the place. So our suspicion that it was only uh, in a particular area in County Louth is absolutely. Uh, it's absolutely uh, misfounded. Is the word they say, uh, Louise. Um, did you see that one there uh, from Anne? Uh, some years ago, Jerry, a local man put bedding plants in our bog road potholes. They were there that long. They were grown oh, bedding brilliant. plants in them. And here's one. We'll, we'll check this out. Maybe Louise. Louise knows. I'll tell you why Louise knows. Because we got a very strong clarification in for your position on what happens in making a claim, right? Mm. Um this comes in to us today from uh, a guy who's working in Herbie Tires in Balbriggan. Thank you, whoever you are. Uh, he, it could be a she. What am I saying? The person, the person from Herbie Tires. Anyway, hi, Jerry. How are you? Yes, Louise is correct in saying if it's a pothole that has been repaired, you have a claim. But if it's a new pothole, you don't. So there you are. There's somebody in the business who knows and uh, backs up what you have to say. Somebody else says there, What's the origin of the word pothole? Can I answer that? Do you know what the origin of the word pothole is? I do. Go on. Uh, hang on a minute. I looked it up. I looked no, no, it up. no. Before oh, you sorry. do. Oh, sorry. Okay. You can, you can give. Do you know what my definition of it is? Yeah. You know when you're out for a few pints on a Wednesday night with the lads? Yeah. And you have your Wednesday club. Mm. And somebody else tries to muscle in who won't stop talking and just upsets the apple cart. That's the definition of a pothole. That's awful. All right. That's my definition. What's the definition you have? Uh, It just says, this has gone back obviously years. Anxious for a cheap source of raw materials for making clay pots, the potters would dig into the deep ruts to to reach clay deposits underneath. So that's the official definition. Yeah. Mine's a good one though, isn't it? Uh, Did you ever hear anyone described as a pothole? No. Oh, never. Oh, cool. I think I heard some a nickname, a pothole. No, 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 that's the definition. Someone that you don't want in your company when you're out for a pint and it's an absolute nuisance. That's a pothole. That's a, a real uh, important definition. Anyway, let's get serious for a moment on Late Lunch again about potholes. And I'm joined on the line by Nolene Lane. Good afternoon, Nolene. Hello, how are you? I'm good, Nolene. And listen, we just picked up on your message that came in a little bit earlier on to us uh, on the show. And we, uh, we're we really pleased that you join us today to talk to us. Um, your story goes back a number of years. It does. It goes back. It's actually 35 years ago this week. Um, we lost our brother, John, who was 13 years old at the time. As a result of a bicycle accident... And a pothole. <laughs> he was um, two weeks after making his um, confirmation. And he was coming from serving mass in Europe 
on a Saturday night and um, this pothole had been there for oh, months and months and had been fixed as in, what would you call it, just pat it down and made it look okay and every time it rained the hole appeared again and the frost and the hole appeared again and it was fixed and it appeared again and poor John was coming on the bike, the bike hit the pothole, John hit the ground, got massive head injuries and died. Oh, my God almighty. And died, yeah. Back then, there would be no um, helmets and that all those years ago. That wasn't a thing that was on the go at the time, but the poor chap was at the loss of his life over. And where did um, this happen, uh, Nolene? It was in Tenure. Tenure. In yeah, Monster Vice. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, um, of, a, of a lovely little brother. I'm really sorry to, to, to and, 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 and the anniversary is recently, was it? 35 the anniversary years? is just gone there now on the 26th my, of February. My, oh, my. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I'm sure at the time, you know, afterwards there were the investigations and, uh, you know, the commitment to uh, sort out that particular stretch of road. What happened? Well, like that, it wasn't, it was in the newspapers, it was on the radio stations. And sure, everybody was promising to do the work that was required. Um, for us, it was too late. Um, it did actually take a number of years before that section of the road was actually fixed and fixed correctly. And um, a section of the road that we'd have to pass every day, going to school, going to work. Um, and the potholes remained exactly as they were for a number of years before eventually the road was fixed correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, as it stands at the minute, there are no potholes there, but it really is not that long ago since they were fixed, despite a young chap having lost his life. And all the outcry uh, there was at the time that's and, the, and the, the, promises. the promises, the promises, that's the thing, the promises. And then is, w- what you mentioned there, you you have to and your family and all who knew John had passed there every day. Exactly. Every day to school, home from school, to work, my poor mother, every day up and down that road. Passing spot where our son lost his life. Like nobody really cares. You're left in your own world. You have to get through your own grief. And it just becomes a story from the past and nobody passes any remarks anymore. And the roads are as bad, if not worse now. And I'd be driving along and I'd just see the state of them. You can't even pull in to allow a car to pass because the potholes are so big along the side of the road. Anybody on a bicycle. I don't know how they manage to use the roads. Motorbikes, even coming down the slain Drogheda Road, they're the centre line of the slain Drogheda Road. There is a number of potholes, one after the other. And if a motorbike hits those, they wouldn't stand a chance. Mm. I don't know how they're coming sense. When you think, Nolene, as well, 35 years ago is a long time ago. And you think back then to uh, there was less traffic on the road. There was less exactly. high powered cars on the road. Uh, you know, when you think of today, the way that has changed to the volumes, to the power of cars, to uh, the power of machinery, everything else using the road has just and amplified. And the money that's taken in for taxing cars, etc. And mm. there's nothing going back into the roads. Mm. Absolutely nothing for the safety. And as it stands at the minute in the roundabout, um, the safety on roads and accidents and people being killed. Maybe they need to start looking at what people are travelling on first before they start blaming the people behind the wheels. Mm. 
I don't know. No, we had the point made there earlier by a listener, you know, that you and I and everybody have to have our cars NCT. They've got to be exactly. to a standard. And I thought that was a brilliant point made uh, by a listener to say, what about the standard of roads? Are councils held to account or held to a standard for their roads? That's a really powerful point. They really point. should be held to account, but they're not. And I've seen them literally all they do is patch the holes. Mm. And a bad shower of rain and you go back to the area and the holes are there again. That's wasting money. Doing it the first time, doing it the second time, doing it. The, it's just repeat, repeat, repeat. Uh, it's just to shut everybody up, but it continues to go on constantly. And until somebody else loses a child, a brother, a sister, a father, a mother in an accident, nobody's going to listen. Then there'll be outcries, and then it'll all vanish again, and the roads will go because they get away with it constantly. Mm. Oh, look, I, I see it myself. What happens is there's a uh, an outcry, as you say, and then uh, very quickly it's forgotten and, and it's until the next time. yeah. And then some yeah. other family yeah. is touched by this and loses a loved one. And, and it's only when it comes to your door that oh, you realise, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, how bad things can be. What age again was John? 13. And, and what age were you at the time? I was 20. And, and, and were there other siblings as well, other children? Yes, um, I have, if I stop and think now, there was one other brother yeah. and then there was uh, three sisters. Um, they were all, well, I was the eldest at 20 and then they went from 20 to, I think it was 15 at the time, mm. um, 10, possibly, I can't remember now the exact ages, 10, 8 and 6, oh that was God. the ages and then John was 13. And your mo- mo- poor mother and father and everyone oh, was devastated at the time. Yeah, mm. absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Changed their lives, changed the way the family ran, just changed everything. Yeah. And it's forever. The dynamic has changed forever. There's something missing. John is missing. You know what I mean? That exactly. part of your exactly. lives and family. It's yeah. yeah, you just have to get on with that and you have to mm. make a life after that, which we did. We had to do. But like... At, to have lost him over something like that was horrendous. And a road that he had travelled every single day up and down to school. Mm. You know, it was just, it was hard. It was hard. Is there a little um, cross or anything on the road where he lost his no. life or you leave flowers no, or anything? No, not. nothing like that. No, 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 no. Mm. Mam wouldn't have been able for anything like that. Yes, yes, yes. But we don't need those to remember him. He's no. always in a no, heart. No, not at all. There are... There are so many of those around the country if you t- if you care to take notes of them anyway and, and, and they're only, a, as you say, they're only a fraction of what, uh, exactly. lo- of the number of lives that were lost on our roads because lots of people like yourself, there is just nothing. It's just the, the memory you have yourself and it'll never leave you. It's shocking. It really is. That's it. That's it. It never goes away. It's always there. 35 years and it could be just yesterday. John O'Brien, 15 years of age, to New York County Louth, a pothole. He lost his life 35 years ago. Uh, just marked recently as well. What do you say? There are no words really to say. There aren't. There just aren't, yeah. We've been talking about potholes uh, since the uh, top of the show today and had a number of people on telling us their stories. Nolene Lane on about her brother, John O'Brien, was only 15 
uh, 35 years ago when he died as the result of a pothole in Tenure. Matt's been on to say that poor family to lose a child because uh, somebody wouldn't be bothered to fix a pothole correctly. It's shocking. Jerry. I see it myself. All they do is throw some gravel in. It's not even tamped down. A week later, the hole is opened up and it's there again. Uh, another one there. I ask, Jerry, says a listener. I ask, says a listener, as another of your listeners did earlier on, Jerry, where is the pothole repair machine that Loud County Council took delivery on? You can be sure with elections on the way, there's a great chance that the roads will be repaired, says a listener to us on late lunch. Waste of money, says another listener, putting a Band-Aid repair into a pothole. Just go and fix them properly. Thanks indeed. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text for your messages. Um, the Search for the Irish manager. We talked last week, Louise, to Philip Quinn on the show about the uh, time frame, the extraordinary time frame was taken to get somebody into the job. Well, anyway, we, we hear news just uh, broken in the last hour. So John O'Shea, former Irish international Manchester United player, will be the interim manager for the games now coming up in March. So they still they haven't have found somebody. a manager, but we have. John's a good guy. He is a real good guy. He was involved on the periphery before, but he has the job now. Who knows? Maybe it'll be John O'Shea long term. But anyway, the hunt goes on. John O'Shea is temporary Irish football manager. Do you know where I was last evening? You know, on Tuesday evenings, I do me walk on Tuesday evenings. Oh. Tuesday evening is my walking evening. It's probably the only evening I commit to walking in the, in the week. Anyway, I was away from my walk yesterday evening and I noticed something. I noticed something as I walked. I was looking into people's gardens. Okay, that's okay. As I passed by. And lots, it was only the gardens you were looking into. Yeah, <laughs> lots of gardens. Lots of, it was bright. See, the bright evenings are yeah. here. So I head out about six o'clock and walk for nearly an hour. But anyway, it's dark at this time by the time I finish. But I was looking into, very, you know me and garden, having a look, see what was happening. And you know something? There are no lawns, very few lawns in Ireland. Do you know what they are? They're moss beds. Oh, right. The amount of moss mm. in people's gardens. Because of our dampness. Yes. And bad drainage, bad drainage, dampness, the climate, of course, as well. They're just people have. You see, the reason I noticed them, people cut the grass has been cut in the last week, especially, you yeah. know, and you can really see it. It's just a bed of moss. There's damn all grass in the lawns, to be honest with you. It's a curse of Ireland. The amount, no, it looks lovely. Why is it a curse? Why moss. can we not embrace our moss? Oh, no, no, no. Why? You have to have grass. You have to have grass. A lawn, a lawn, a lawn is grass. A moss bed is a moss bed. It's completely different. But uh, I have to say, uh, in, I'll, I'll learn you, as my mother used to say, I'll learn you. No, no, a lawn, a lawn is about grass, Louise. Grass. Yeah, but what's so wrong with moss? Oh, it's a scar. It's soft and it, 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 it engulfs it. It kills the grass. You read, you left it a hole. Spongy. Yeah, that's correct. Now you're getting there. Now we're getting places. <laughs> anyway, to control moss, one year I actually scarified my whole lawn and I scarified it with a scarifier. It pulls out the moss. But it, my garden, there was nothing left really. I had to reseed it and it was mm. lovely for a year or two. But the, mass, the moss is back in my own lawn big time. So I have to treat it. So there's a thing called... How do you treat moss? Well, you try and improve the drainage in the ground if you can, number one. Okay. But there's a thing called Mobacter. Did you ever hear this? Mobacter. Uh, you put it in, you, no. you tr- put it on the lawn in the, from March on now. And it's very good. It eats up the moss and it does a very good job. And there's another thing I wanted to mention called Zero. It's just called Zero, the product. You'll have Zero Moss. It does it nearly overnight. And then you feed the lawn and the grass comes on. But I'm just thinking, if you look out at your garden today, front or back, or your little patch... 
Am I right? I am right. It's nearly all moss. The moss beds. Anyway, they're my tips for dealing with uh, moss in your lawns. Just a little gardening insert today in the show. Uh, can, I ju- can I say something here? Because I just looked up, you know, what is moss good for? Because mm. they have to be good for something. Go ahead. So they help to soak up rainfall, maintain moisture in the soil below and keep conditions around them humid, which enables other plants around them to thrive, such as in habitats like marshes and woodland. So you're a cheerleader for moss. I'm a moss fan. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think I'd run into this today on the show. I'll look more into into it. (laughs) You're really good. (laughs) Anyway, for... There's a new she farmers new it's company. It's for the good of the marshes and the woodland and yeah, everything. Yeah, yes, I agree. Marsh, marshes, woodland, but not for your lawns. <laughs> oh, you right. love to plant more you're trees. You're right. You're right. You're right. Now, now you're on uh, on the hunt for the Cookstown sizzle. You have it right now. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Mass is good, but not in my back garden. Yeah, or not in your front garden or anywhere like <laughs> that either. Anyway, the zero is good. The mobacter is good. Aerate the ground and deal with the moss. It's just a little bugbear I have. No good cutting <laughs> a bed of moss in your front garden. It's absolutely brutal. Always delighted to welcome her back to the show with her new beau, Robin the dog. Yes, Veterinaid Kelly's in the house. Thank you so much for joining us again. It's good to be here. Thanks, Jerry. And we have the questions coming already for you. 086-1800-658 if you want to put a question to Sinead, WhatsApp or text. Let's go with the first one here. Alyssa says, I have a seven-year-old terrier dog and noticed some time ago he had a little growth at the back of his ear. Took him to the vet. The vet says wasn't she wasn't too concerned, but to keep an eye on it. Uh, would you ask Sinead, it has grown substantially, especially in the last two weeks. What should I do? Okay, so don't panic. So um, when a really common thing is people come in and they say, my dog's got a lump, what do you think? The reality is the only way the vet knows exactly what it is, um, is if we do something called a fine needle aspirate. So we take a tiny sample of the cells, send them off to the lab, and that gives us an idea, is this something nasty that needs to be taken off or is it something benign? Um, and so... With a few exceptions, there are a few things that we may be kind of be quite sure they're fatty lumps. Most of them we're not sure. Now, I suspect that that lump initially looked quite innocuous, maybe looked a bit warty, looked a bit fatty. So there was no obvious concerns. And then the vet will have said sensibly, look, keep an eye and if it's getting bigger, give us a shout. And so now is the time to go back to the vet because what they can do now is they can take this little fine needle aspirate, find out exactly what kind of lump it is. And the reason that's significant, because even though now we'd be saying we should remove this lump because it's getting bigger, if we know in advance what kind of lump it is, is it helps us when we're doing our surgery because um, it's all about margins. When we're removing lumps, we want to make sure we've removed all of the lump and the surrounding tissue, say a few millimetres, to make sure we have what are called clean margins and there's minimal chance of the lump coming back again. So definitely don't panic. It'll all be good, but just chat to your vet, get an appointment. They can do an aspirate. They can arrange surgery. And always with things, it's easier to remove something small than something big. So best to go and get it sorted now. Normally behind the ear, I would say it'll probably be something with a bit of a stalk or something like that. So hopefully it'll not be too bad and don't despair even with things that look absolutely massive sometimes your own vet GP vets might we might kind of say mm, this is beyond my scope there are now lots and lots of soft tissue surgery specialists in Ireland we have a much much better um, you know backup referral service now and the soft tissue surgery excuse me soft tissue surgery specialists can do amazing things even if there's a large lump and a large skin deficit skin grafts and things so don't presume you can do nothing there's lots to do back to the vet yeah. and uh, just get the, uh, done what Sinead says there now, this is sad, but I want to read it. It came in a little earlier on and I'm just paraphrasing. It was a long message that came to us and it says, I have a Labrador cross bitch, 14 years of age, hearing gone, 
little mobility, sleeping a lot, not eating much. I don't want to make a decision. But would Sinead advise... Yeah. When um, is it time to absolutely. say goodbye? Now, you've been through this yourself. Of course, recently. of course, with Cleo. Yeah, absolutely. So I always tend to say to things, obviously, the owner knows themselves it's about quality of life. So people often say, well, I can't I can't judge quality of life. What can I do? Now, there is a tool online, which is quite useful. Um, the, there's been recently some research done in some of the American vet schools, and we can actually work out so we do a little charting system um, to, to work out a kind of score to see what the dog's quality of life. But actually, you don't even need to be that technical. I always say we look at a few big groups of things. So number one, um, is the dog uh, able to settle and sleep? Are they comfy? They're not restless, agitated? Are they able to get some nice relaxation and sleep? So if we're doing that, that's good. Um, is the dog eating enough to maintain its body weight? So it sounds that this dog is losing appetite. So are we losing weight or is that is that enough to keep the dog going at that point? So if we're losing body weight, not eating enough, that's a little bit of a concern. Um, the next thing is, are we drinking enough to stay hydrated or are we drinking excessively such that we're peeing everywhere and having accidents and getting soiled? So again, these are little kind of marks that we be, might be a bit concerned about. Um, is you know, the animal able to maintain kind of their dignity as in they're not ending up kind of covered in pee or poo or diarrhea, they're not vomiting everywhere? Are they getting distressed? by any of the kind of body functions that we might have. So that's another thing to look at. Um, and probably the most important thing I always say is, is the animal enjoying interaction with the human the way they used to? So what often happens, say, with cats is they might go and kind of hide away and withdraw a lot more. With dogs, we might find that they don't like the kind of head rubs or tickles they enjoyed. They they don't want to, to have hugs or snugs on the sofa or the bed. Or it might be if it was a dog that was previously was, was a dog who liked a lot of attention, uh, didn't like a lot of attention, they might be more clingy. So you're looking at any change behaviour. And as I say, look at yourself, you'll have a look. So really it's appetite, ability to sleep, um, any issues with peas and poos, um, are we wanting our interaction? Also, uh, what I didn't mention there, mobility. Are we able to get around or are we having to be lifted out for, for toileting and things? And so if you look at those things yourself, I always say that if they're pottering along, happy to potter about out to the garden, if they're able to have comfy sleeps, if they're enjoying snuggles, if they're eating enough to maintain their weight, we don't need to do anything dramatic at the moment. I would definitely, you know, have a little chat with the vet because sometimes there are things people often say, oh, 14, there's nothing we can do. Actually, it may be that there's something quite simple. It may be that the dog is beginning to have signs of, say, kidney issues or liver issues. And much as end-stage kidney disease is nothing that, that's curable, there are things we can do so we can help deal with. No so sometimes they might not eat because they feel nauseous so we can use anti-nausea medication mm. so definitely have a bit of a check yourself go through those five or six things and think okay we're good on that we're not so good on that chat with the vet you may decide some people say well I don't want to have bloods and investigations and that's absolutely fine but then if you're not going to go with that route then think okay well can I chat to the vet is there the vet might then say right we'll do a little trial with anti-nausea meds a trial with pain relief because Sometimes we can tell if an animal is sore, if they're maybe limping or guarding their tummy. Sometimes we can't. So often as a vet, we might say, OK, this client, some clients want to do everything or they have the budget to do everything. Not everybody does. So you can still say, OK, I'm not quite ready. Do you think maybe that um, the dog might be a little bit better if we add in some pain relief or we add in some anti-nausea meds? Um, maybe if we change the diet. So if, if this dog isn't keen on eating the normal food, would they eat, say, chicken. I always do the chicken test. Are they happy to eat chicken? If they won't eat solid chicken, if you can puree some chicken, add in a bit of chicken stock or veg stock, will they take a chicken puree? So at this stage of life, like I think I said before, Cleo was having bacon sandwiches and steak, pan fried steak and butter. And, you know, so if it, the rules are going to go out the window, we bet, you know, so have a little think yourself and then have a chat with the vet. And yes, always, I say the owner does know deep down in their heart of hearts, 
but there's no there's no problem to say to the vet, look, I'm not sure. No vet is going to make you do something you don't want to do. No vet is going to think badly. Look, we've all been there. It's it's they're a child. So it's it's the thought of losing them is awful. And we often kind of think and I was the same. Maybe I'll go down and she'll have passed away in her bed. And actually, that really doesn't happen very, very often, yeah. you know. So please don't panic. Have a chat with the vet. Don't feel that you've got to go and spend a fortune on bloods and scans. You can do some very big things with your vet and kind of say, well, look, can we just try a little bit of this, a little bit of that? And then the other thing I always say to people is, let's have a time limit. So let's say, OK, we're going to see for maybe five days or seven days on these meds. Are we feeling a bit better? Sometimes people tend to drag on and on and on. So I always say, have a And then often I would say, often as a vet in clinic, I would maybe see somebody, we'd have the chat, we'd have a little programme and I'd say, right, well, let's see you back in a week or I'll phone you in a week. So that we're not just letting it all drift again. Okay. Very good. And that's uh, uh, tremendous advice there. And, and we reach this stage, I have on a number of occasions with different dogs through my lifetime. You'll know, you will know when the time comes. Um, question there for you, uh, talking about uh, a limp. Hi, Jerry. would you ask Sinead, each time I take my two-year-old Staffy for a walk, he has a limp for a while afterwards. This is only happening of late. Should I be concerned? Okay. Two-year-old Staffy limping? Yeah, so there's lots of different causes of limping. So um, limping is a funny one because people often say to me, oh, he's limping, but he's not in any pain. The reality is most limping is caused by the fact that the dog is favouring that leg and not putting as much weight on that leg because it's sore. That's the reality with most of, them, most of them. So we have to kind of think, well, why are we sore? So if we look at our dog's leg, it's very basic. We have our foot, the next joint up. If we're looking at a front leg, the next joint up is the equivalent of our wrist. Then we have our elbow. Then we have our shoulder. In the back leg, you have foot, you have ankle, you have knee and you have hip. And so essentially we're wondering, is there a problem with any one of these joints? But the thing to not miss out is, is there anything, is there something stuck between the feet? Is there something simple? Have we got an overgrown dew claw? I've had people in a panic wanting to refer things, um, thinking this fancy orthopaedic, you know, DJ, degenerative joint disease lameness. And the dog has just had a really overgrown claw digging into its foot. So look at the foot, look in between the toes. You yourself as an owner, you can kind of have a little feel, flex and extend each joint if the dog, most staffies are angels and would let you do that. Um, see, do you, by manipulating it, make things a little bit worse? Is it something that improves with rest? If it's occurring every time the dog is going out uh, and then resolving, it may well be some kind of muscular or soft tissue injury. Normally, those should resolve within a few days of rest. If they're not, definitely chat to the vet. The vet can do an, a similar exam. They might chat to you about imaging and, and things like that. But just don't forget the basics. And you yourself can learn a lot. So look at the foot, look at go through all the little joints um, and have a chat to the vet. The other thing is sometimes front limb lameness, especially if it's intermittent, can relate to, say, a sore neck. Uh, so that's another thing often we would kind of check their neck mobility and, and things like that but it, it's again it's not something that's normal and we shouldn't presume it's normal so definitely a limping dog is telling us I don't want to put as much weight on that leg because it's sore and and so that is that is an issue and depending on the kind of dog staffies are quite stoic whereas you might have a little cavalier or Yorkie might squeak or squeal where we won't always get that mm. an interesting one there we're relatively new cat owners okay. would you ask Sinead why does the cat uh, go up on its tippy toes and arch its back from time to time. Okay, so this is an interesting one. So this depends. There's two possibilities to this. So sometimes if they're going up on their tippy toes and arching their back, arching their back is often when they feel a bit threatened. So they're doing that to make themselves look bigger and to make themselves look a bit scarier. So maybe it's possible one situation is the cat has heard something or seen something a little bit scary. The other thing, if we're arching our back and going up on tippy toes and if we're a female cat about four or five, six months of age, we may actually be beginning to come into season. So if that uh, owner wants to message in later and see, we can have a 
chat and see if that's what it is. Because if you've never had a cat before and you have a female cat coming into season, I would say at least once a week I get at work people on the phone to me thinking that their cat has, you know, some serious back issue or a terrible leg issue. They're actually just behaving as if they're in season. So if you have a cat about from four months on, a female cat who's rubbing up against you, very affectionate, arching their back, rolling over, showing you their tummy, showing you their bum, bum in the air, that is often the fact they're in season. If it's just they're arching their back going up and tippy toes, like I say, often it's a behavioural thing because they're wanting to look bigger or they're a little bit afraid, something like that. The other thing to do, and it's so good now in the era of mobile phones, if you're not sure, video it and you can actually send it into your vets or phone the vet and say, look, if I send you in a video, could you have a look at that? Rather than, and depending on how busy the vet is or what's going on, some vets may be able to say, look, I can chat with you over the phone and you don't need to come in. Or they'll say, well, no, you do need to come in. Mm. So it's it's great. Everybody has a phone now. And I would say that to anybody. If they're often, in the old days, people say my dog's had a funny turn and you'd be like God well is that have they fainted have they had a seizure what's happened now I say check to get your phone out and video it because it just helps so much in diagnostics very good advice Sinead here's one for you we have a cat and a dog by times we run out of either or's food supply Sinead can we give cat food to the dog and vice versa, dog food to the cat. Okay, so the short answer is, yeah, in the short term, you can, but you should expect you might get a little bit of diarrhoea because essentially cat food and dog food is quite difficult, different in its formulation. So cats are obligate carnivores and meat eaters. They will not survive without protein. And so their food is always higher protein level than uh, dogs. And they also need a very essential amino acid called taurine. Whereas dogs are actually, although we think of them as carnivores, they're actually omnivores. Um, so although they'll probably both happily scoff each, and actually normally the cat food's more appealing to dog food because the higher protein is more appealing. So yeah, I would say as a one-off, if you've no food in the house, yeah, you're probably better doing that than going for your spaghetti bolognese that you had for tea. But do expect that you're going to get a bit of diet. Anytime we change any animal's diet, we always say you're best to kind of gradually wean them onto it over three or four days. But obviously in an emergency situation, that's absolutely fine. What I would say is longer term, you certainly don't want to be feeding one species to the other because I say they've different requirements. So the dog food will not quite have the taurine requirements and protein requirements the cat has. The cat food will have too much protein for the dog. And so if you were to feed a dog on a cat's food for years, or maybe even several months, you might affect their kidneys and things. But in a one-off emergency, yeah, go for it. But you might have a bit of runny bum. So that's the only thing. Interesting, just as an aside to that, I have found with Messi in recent years that he cannot tolerate anything out of the ordinary. Say from the table, you mentioned bolognese there, or there was this or that over that. At one time he could. Now I give him his dog nuts and a little meat additive to it. It's pretty the same every day. But he's fine on it. And I often think... Is he bored with that? Yeah, and some dogs do get bored. So some dogs get really bored and some dogs can be really, really fussy. Some dogs seem to have the guts of iron and and they don't seem to react if they get strange food. But for a lot of dogs, if any change from what they're used to, because it basically, like us, we have our normal gut flora. If we throw something weird and wacky in there, the gut bacteria are like, what the hell are you doing to me here? And so they react by, you get inflamed guts, you get fluidy guts and you get diarrhea. So again, I always tend to say, look... Now, I'm quite naughty in that I would love giving my animals little treats, but I try and keep them healthy. So a little bit of cooked chicken, a little bit of ham. If you're you're going to go for a tiny treat from the table, you want to remember that our food tends to be fattier, sugier, sh- more sugary, saltier. And that will trigger, say, gut upsets, pancreatitis, things like that. But the odd time, you know, just a little tiny yes. bit. But if you have a dog, say, that has a dietary intolerance or, you know, a tiny amount of what we think is quite innocuous, like a bit of spaghetti bolognese, could trigger horrendous vomiting and diarrhea and pancreatitis. 
pancreatitis. So just be 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 careful. Be careful. Yeah. The, the cooked chicken is generally a yeah cooked a chicken. And also another good thing if you're if you have no food in the house for the dog or the cat, I just say if you have got a bit of cooked chicken breast, you can get in the local garage a bit of rice. Just you know you should be grand. Mm. Yeah. And if they don't eat that, you're well they'd be grand for one night. <laughs> might be meowing and barking and woofing at you, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now as an aside, here's another one for you. Um, I've been advised to give Panadol to my dog. Is that the Panadol that humans take? It's for pain, Jerry. And uh, as an aside, can you give Panadol to dogs and cats? <gasps> now, this is a fabulous question and really interesting. So, first of all, please everyone remember, never, ever, ever, ever give any Panadol or paracetamol containing product to a cat. They, You will put them into renal failure and kill them. So, nothing. Oh my God, never, really? never, never, never. And the number of times I've had people tell me, oh, we just gave the cat a spoonful of Calpol, you know, so it is can be fatal. Lethal. You know, lethal. Yeah, so no, paracetamol on cats is an absolute no-no. Now, interestingly, when I was a vet student, 32 years ago, when I left, um, we were told that paracetamol is toxic to dogs, not to be done. What they've actually discovered in the last kind of two or three decades is that paracetamol at a very specific dose, and that is 10 milligram per kilogram, can be useful as an analgesic in dogs, usually as part of what we call a multimodal regime. So what I would say is I would not, if you as an owner are thinking, oh, my dog, sir, I'll just chuck him some paracetamol, speak to your vet first, because there are much better, safer, more specific um, analgesics we can use for dogs. And also we need to find out, well, why are they sore? What is the soreness? But I would often say to people, and often animals, maybe say chronically arthritic elderly dogs who may be on a non-steroidal, who may be on some gabapentin, who may be on some tramadol, who may be on the labrella, and and you're getting breakthrough pain. Um, Often a lot of the, even the the veterinary referral centres, 10 milligram per kilogram paracetamol twice a day. Now, I would not say to any owner out there to suddenly go, oh, I'll start adding that to my dog's regime. Always speak to your vet first, because some dogs, if they have a sensitive tummy, the paracetamol is going to affect them. Also, depending on the drugs that they're on, the paracetamol may interact. So, but I would say never to cats. For a dog, something to think about, but speak to your vet, because your vet will know what other medications the dog is on, whether it's going to be beneficial, whether it's not. Um, but it's it's interesting how the whole thoughts have turned around. Now, if you were to give your dog 20 mg per kg paracetamol, you could seriously affect their liver or kidneys. So it's not something, so it's something that I, I say to owners, um, I do a lot of now video triage work, and often it's a situation where an owner can't get an animal into the out of hours that night. Uh, and if you if they know exactly how much the dog weighs and they have something like Calpol 6 Plus, which is 50 milligrams per mil, we can work out a very specific specific dose to give that dog one off until they can get to the vet mm. but it's not to be played around with at home so if you're thinking oh should I speak to your vet please 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 and cats no never 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 and if your cat has had pan- paracetamol straight contact the vet get them straight into the vet to have any hope of, of getting things there better there you go interesting question thank you for putting it to us today I have uh, a oh, mail sorry Jerry. can I just yes. in- interrupt one more yeah. the other thing is although we are reasonably happy with paracetamol don't ever try and give any other uh, drugs we'd have at home to your dog. So things like ibuprofen, uh, they will send them into kin- kidney yes, failure. Yeah. So don't, don't do that. Good advice there. I have a male boxer, two front paws sore underneath, was diagnosed with a fungal infection, was prescribed canistin cream, but it's not working. Okay, so it so it would be very unusual to have a primary fungal infection in a dog's feet. So if we look at why dogs' feet feet sorry would be itchy or inflamed, um, the most common trigger would be something like underlying allergic skin disease, or maybe did the dog get irritated by walking in something irritant or strange or unusual? So what I would do first of all is is uh, have a chat with your vet and say, you know, w- what do you think is the is the primary cause of this? Do you think it's a underlying atopic allergic dermatitis? Do you think it's a temporary 
temporary thing because they walked in builder's lime or something like that. If there's been an underlying trigger, you have to deal with that first. So it might be that they'll need to discuss maybe some um, corticosteroids or Apoquel to reduce an allergic reaction. And then on top of that, if we feel, if the vet feels there's a bacterial infection, they may need antibiotics. If there's a fungal component, a little thing that we call malassezia, they will maybe need antifungal medication. But it would be really unusual um, with, say, the, the Americas to have a primary fungal infection. So have a chat to the vet and say, look, we're, we're not getting better here. Is there something else we need to do and, and get on top of it? The other problem with putting caniston or any cream on a dog's feet is unless you have a buster collar on, they're going to lick it off. You know, and so. that is uh, exactly because I've seen that in the past. It was an issue I I had to deal with uh, many many years ago. But uh, there you go. Anyway, that you'll need the. I hate to see them with those. Uh, lamp, I know, I know, and they, they don't hate like them, them as they well, don't, don't like they? Them at all. they? It's don't very like them difficult to get a dog to even settle. You know, yeah. uh, when, the, when you the big thing now that people are using are these little body suits. You can get them kind of custom made for say for dogs after surgery and cats, and they can be useful. I think if the cat or the dog isn't too uh, diligent about going for their wound but if we're say trying to protect itchy feet or things like that then unfortunately a buster collar is the way to go mm. you can get these ones now they're little inflatable ones like rubber rings and, and they're not quite as distressing for the dog Listener just been on listening to you talking about the senior dog earlier on says they have a 22 year wow. old dog oh my god uh, has Sinead ever heard of an older dog than that not older than that not not in the UK and Ireland you yes. do hear some stories in other parts of the world and I'm always kind of not sure how they verified them but that's that's really amazing I'd 22. be interested to hear how that dog's getting my, on and oh my, yeah that's that amazing is, you're that heading for the Guinness Book of Records yeah, there for sure definitely well, and you saw the controversy about the oldest yes. dog in the world recently yeah. that was found out not to be the oldest dog in the world so there you never know Sinead brilliant as always thank you so much for joining us on the show see you again next month see you soon you're very welcome thank bye you bye. I see you're being nominated for the Green Party I see that <laughs> They definitely want to lose a seat. Your knowledge, you see, of moss. It's just... It just came from just somewhere within... I, I Google. I, I know. I think you'd be a great green, to be honest with you. There you go. Anyway, thanks for that nomination. What about well, that? I do have the old clothes going on, you know. <laughs> oh, you're Sorry. very good. You are very good at the circular economy when it comes to clothing, it has to be said. And most other things as well. She throws out little. We know that. She throws out everybody else's stuff, but keeps her own. Shh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, take the HGVs off the rural roads and put them on the motorways. That is the ideal. But you know why, Louise? Hey, TVs, they see a shorter hop to get somewhere and as well the tolls. Oh yeah, charges. anything to avoid the tolls. Anything to avoid the tolls, that's the thing. There's another one. A road at Funchog. The little road heading up to Belpatrick is a pure disgrace. Not even the drains are clean and that's causing the road to be full of potholes. The surface is lifted off with the water. Our councillors do nothing and that comes in from a local homeowner there. The little things, isn't it? Mm, the drains. Yeah. It's Rosie Quayle's birthday today. Happy birthday, Rosie Quayle. She's from Castletown and that comes in from Thomas. Enjoy your day, you just avoided the uh, leap year day by 24 hours. Anyway, looking at the clock, 10 past three, late lunch. At this time, we're doing this. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. That's another few Bob from Blackstone Motors. Yes, Artist of the Week on Late Lunch and it's Barry White all this week. Yes, White's successes of the 70s slowed considerably as the disco era came to an end. The 80s rolled on, but it wasn't until 1989 and the release of the album appropriately named The Man Is Back that Barry White enjoyed a renaissance with three top 40 hits in the US singles charts. This upward trajectory continued 
continued into the 90s with another four albums, including his all-time greatest hits and ultimate collection albums, which went gold and platinum for sales achieved. His hit singles of the 70s appealed to an entirely new generation and a whole new audience. However, Barry's health began to deteriorate in the mid-90s, which I'll pick up on tomorrow. Today it's back to 1975 for my Barry White song and the album Just Another Way to Say I Love You. Yes, it's another radio romance Barry White number. Here it is. What am I gonna do with you? Barry White, the king of disco, the lord of smooth, my artist of the week on Late Lunch all this week with What Am I Gonna Do With You? More from Barry in words and song right about this time tomorrow. Final break of this midweek Wednesday and afterwards. Joseph Woods is joining us. It's a catch up. The wonderful story they told us himself and his wife, Katie, many moons ago. Time we heard an update from the man himself. And that's coming your way in a moment. You might remember their incredible story that they shared with us on late lunch. Just a quick resume. They were married in July 2019 and just a month after their marriage, Katie Woods had a stroke. Then beyond that, Joseph was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and they went through the mill. They really, really did. But it's been a while since we've spoken and they're with me again today for a catch up and for another very important reason. Joseph's on the line first. Afternoon, Joseph. How you doing, Jerry? I'm really, really good. Great to talk to you again on the show today. Anyway, how are things? You're, you're flying at this stage in remission beyond cancer. Yeah, I'm in remission now um, three years, Jerry. It'll be four years in August. <clears throat> um, I'm back at work. I'm feeling good. I'm back playing football. You know, life's, life's been good to me uh, post-chemo, I suppose. Um, I had a bit of a scare in September 2021, um, I was sent for a scan and something showed up on my neck but thankfully everything was okay it ended up in nothing and uh, we could just move on with the recovery and I know Daffodil Day is coming up on the 22nd of March and uh, you're with me today one of the reasons you're with me today is to ask people to really get behind the, uh, Daffodil Day this year yeah absolutely yeah the Irish Cancer Society do a lot for people um, especially people that was in my position and when I was going through the treatment, I got in contact with them and were very helpful to me and to provide a good service for people around the country. Um, so they got in contact again just to sort of pr- promote the Daftal Day and I said I'd do the interview with them again just to sort of put the awareness out there and hopefully people can give what they can to help a great cause. And it's only when you're in the situation as a, a person and as a family that you understand what they do. It's hard for anyone who hasn't, you know, benefited from their, their assistance to know, but it's just invaluable, isn't it, at the time? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, behind the scenes, they do great work. And until you sort of experience what we went through, um, it's hard to sort of tell people what the, what what it's like. And they, they sort of know what everyone's going through that's been in my position and Katie's position. So... You know, it's it's great to be able to give something back. And, you know, I just put the appeal out there. Every little helps towards these causes and charities. So 
I'd like to say to people, if there's just anything in their pockets when they're passing these people, uh, just to throw something in the bucket and help a great cause. Well said, and you're speaking from someone who has benefited, and many of us listening today and more besides will benefit over the coming years. Oh, you've had uh, some wonderful news. I think since we last spoke, uh, a little baby girl arrived in October 2020. Tell us about her. That's correct, Jerry. Yeah, um, as you know, the last time we spoke, that before I started um, chemo, we found out we were expecting. So that was a great boost for myself and Katie to get through uh, the hard times that we were facing. And then after I finished the chemo in August 2020, um, we could look forward to Dana being born. And then she was born on the 30th of October uh, 2020. And uh, it's just been uh, it's been great ever since. You know, we're just delighted with her. And, She's the best thing to happen to us and just everything we've been through has just been amazing with her. Ah, it's lovely. She's three now. And Dana, who picked the name? I love the name, Dana. Well, actually, I picked it myself, Jerry. when Before she was born, we were just going through names and we decided that if it was a girl, I'd pick it and if it was a boy, Katie would pick it. So, which believe it or not, we were watching a show on Netflix at the time called Homeland and... um, I heard the name and I really, really liked it. So I said to Katie, if we have a girl, I think I'm going to go with that name. And that's exactly what happened. Ah, terrific. So that's the story behind the name. I absolutely love it. Katie's with you there, is she? Would you put her on? Hi, Jerry. How are you? Ah, Katie, love to, lovely to talk to you again. How are you? How are you doing? How are you doing since your health scare? I'm great, thank God. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, I'm coming up to five years post-stroke this year. Um, so I had my, my stroke in August 2019, just a, a month after we got married. But um, yeah, all all's going well. I would still have some like slight um, side effects from my stroke, um, and I think that they, they're not going to resolve. You know, they're just they're just very very minor um, effects. But other than that, um, I'm doing great, and uh, Dana is keeping us on our toes. <laughs> I was going to say that. Talk about terrible twos. It just doesn't stop at two. I'm sure you can <laughs> verify that. That's it. That's that's definitely it, Cherry. Yeah, she's going to be four this year, and um, yeah, she's definitely the boss <laughs> <laughs> for sure. They rule the roost. As I mentioned there to himself, the name is lovely. You are happy with the name. If it were a boy, what had your name? But what did you pick? God, Jerry, you're you're putting me on the spot now. I actually can't even remember. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I thought you said well, you can you can keep that for the future. We'll park that one. We will leave that one be, and we'll move on. Don't worry, don't worry about that at all. Um, <laughs> but you know, I did say it to you both back at the time. You know, they talk about li- lightning striking twice. You know what I mean? What happened, you, and then what happened, Joseph? It's just hard to comprehend, isn't it? That in your young lives. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We were we were very very young, you know, and a lot of people go through like 50 years of marriage and never experience anything like that. So to go through it all within the first year of marriage was just um yeah, it was a it was a crazy roller coaster to be on. But um, we're the far side of it, and we're both we're both doing great, and we have little Dana there as well. So mm. all all is good, thank God. Yeah. I mentioned uh, to Joseph, and you're part of this too, of course, Daffodil Day coming up 22nd of March, the huge fundraiser for the Irish Cancer Society each year. And folks, if you'd like to help out, if you'd like to sell daffodils or support in any other way, there's loads of ways to support. Do check it out. It's cancer.ie. That's cancer.ie is the website and all the details are there. It's, it's, it's a day in Ireland where people just open their hearts and their pockets, isn't it? They sure do, yeah, and it's such such a great cause, Jerry, that people don't realise it until it's it's on their own doorstep. 
do you know how much of a needed service it is so um yeah if anybody is out there and is walking past somebody with a bucket on the Euro or two to spare just just throw it in and get get a daffodil and just support the day on the 22nd mm. himself is working away he's back at work working away full-time I take it you're working full-time with the wee one I I am actually Jerry. Yeah, I went back to back to work last year um full time. I had been working part time since my stroke. Yes. Um but uh, I felt kind of the the need to go back back full time. I wanted to get back to yeah. normality um last year. So I actually returned to work. Um Great. I got a position as a I actually got a position as stroke service coordinator with the Irish Heart Foundation. Brilliant. So um yeah, so I have plenty of plenty of experience in the area, and um, I'm working with stroke survivors every day, and I love it. God but, Almighty, uh, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> that is just a perfect match, isn't it, for you from your experience and to be working at, at your love as well, at what you love as well. Is there travel involved in that, or can you work from home, or how do you operate? I'm I'm working from home uh, mostly. Uh, most of the work is remote, but I do yes. travel. Um, to a few different counties um, for for work, but it's only very rare. It's only maybe okay. once every um, couple of weeks. Yes, and uh, we would have a head office or head office in um, Rathmines in Dublin as well, and we would do kind of some office days up there too. Yeah, but uh, most of it is from home, so it's it's nice. So nice you have change. a nice balance. It's great, isn't it, that you can do that and uh, you know yeah. be there for yourself as well, and of course give it your all to your job. God, that's such an irony now that you're working in the particular field that you are, isn't it, Jan? I'm sure you're fantastic at what you do well look at um wanted to just have a catch up with both of you today you're doing well the little one's lovely life is good and it couldn't happen to two nicer people i really mean that i'm delighted for both of you and you're really an inspirational couple and a wonderful story daffodil day i mentioned again is coming up on 22nd of march cancer.ie is where you can find out more information and help and as joseph said a few moments ago i know irish people and people in the northeast we're generous we are indeed will give of their most on that particular day Joseph and Katie lovely to talk to you both thank you for joining me on the show thanks Jerry take care take Take care bye 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 what a lovely couple they're just gorgeous they really are and by God they've come through the mill they really have in their young lives that is it for today on the show Eddie's coming next to the drive on LMFM radio we'll see you for Thursday show from 1.30 Mother's Day is around the corner Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.